0: about it outdoors live in the wilson studio i am your host alex DeBord, as always and coming to me like he always does nick wilson's bringing the thunder and he's ready to bring the heat tonight we got a special one for you it's probably one of the coolest episodes the long-awaited arrival of this guy and we can't wait to get it underway y'all stay tuned Nick, you told me before the episode got kicked off, this guy was harder to get to get to come on the show than a uh, than a two year old on uh, public land to call at the in, end of season. Yeah. At the end of season, so um, you know uh, it's it's going to be a great one, and uh, I can't wait to get underway. So I'm just going to kick it right off and introduce him, uh, Mr. Tanner Burns from up in Upsher County, West Virginia. Welcome to talk about it outdoors.
1: Hey, thank you, boys, for having me on. I appreciate it. Sorry, it's been. Uh, been such a (laughs)
0: struggle man it's been well worth the wait and after reading over your bio and everything about you online it's been something that nick got me actually pumped up about and i'm not even a turkey hunter um for anyone that doesn't know tanner actually completed the what is it called nick the United States Gr- Slam. The United States Slam this year <laughs> with an alberno, al, alberno. Boy, I tell you what, I'm muck mouth bad tonight. <laughs> Get that, that Copenhagen an, an albino turkey in uh, Hawaii. And if you haven't seen the picture, we'll uh, definitely be putting that one out there for everyone to see. But Tanner, welcome to the show, man. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on and be with us.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Be nice to talk to you boys about uh. Whatever we get into
2: here. No telling. We got into a long one last night with Dave. (laughs) He gets
1: a little long winded. You just got to tell him to shut up.
0: (laughs) We ain't got that good a relationship with him yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Too many people telling Dave Owens to shut up, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, there's probably plenty of people out there, but we like, we like, oh, he got on that, he got on that rant about public
2: land last night. So,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, the old boy, you got to give it to him now. He can talk now. I mean, he, he, he he's, may just seem like an old, dumb turkey hunter, but he's pretty smart.
2: He's a well-educated guy. Yep. He very, is.
0: Very well-versed in his craft. I mean, he, yeah, he, he speaks is. it from all angles. He, he, yeah. I,
2: I wouldn't care if they told me they had a king-size bed, dude. I believe he sleeps on a limb over every night. Yeah. That dude eating breezy
1: down every morning
2: i, I agree with you. <laughs> I guarantee you well tanner you know
0: we we kind of gave a little segue into why we wanted to get you on and, it, and it's not all about the turkey hunting for us of course that's the main thing that we want to hear about for sure but before we go into where it started for you and being the youngest person to ever complete the united states slam and only 16 people ever doing it that's got to be accomplishment that we definitely want to talk about with you but Right out of the gate, man, I, I just want to know a little backstory on you. Tell the people that don't know about you, where you're from, and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, man. So, I uh, I grew up uh, in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia and, you know, got into hunting just like anybody else did, just small game hunting with, with my dad and, and uh, things like that. And I was introduced to turkey hunting. Uh, my dad's not a turkey hunter. I don't know that he's ever killed a turkey in the spring woods, as weird as that is, but was introduced to turkey hunting uh through a friend of ours a farmer friend and he actually got my start and called my first bird in for me and uh the full-blown turkey obsession really started when i was in uh i guess it would have been my freshman sophomore year of high school i actually met chubbs if you watch the penhody project uh actually met chubbs down in alabama on some public land and you know just as you know lucky as i could be chubbs just took a liking to me and kind of took me under his wing for the next 10 years and taught me how to turkey hunt so that's really uh really how i got my start and it wasn't just you know just random that we met each other in the woods it was actually so my gym teachers from high school were big turkey hunters and um, they went down to alabama every year and they got to know chubbs through going there every year and chubbs would camp with my gym teachers from high school. And my gym teachers, here, who actually taught Chubbs how to turkey hunt, took him under his wing when he was a kid. So uh, as I got older, I finally, you know, this was like an old-school turkey camp that, you know, not just anybody could come into. It was, you know, it was like sacred, it was a sacred group of them. And I finally, I guess after my freshman year of college, I got them talked in to let me come down with them. And when I did, I, I met Chubbs there in camp. And he just took a liking to me, man, and we started – Hunting together and traveling all over the country, and Chubbs did his slam in 2018, and I just finished mine. But uh, he's really who taught me how to turkey hunt, and you know, just showed me a whole different kind of admiration and love to hunting when I wasn't really exposed to. That's uh, kind of a quick and dirty version of where I'm at right now.
2: And that was only a short ten years ago.
1: Yeah, I met him in uh, 2012. Was when I met him. Yeah, 2012.
0: So, you know, sticking back in the days when you were growing up hunting, were you you going and camping with your dad and, and, and folks that, that were kin to you, I guess, in deer camp and spending time in camps then?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, we we always did a bunch of deer hunting. My dad, he's a he's a big deer hunter and I uh you know, we would we would hunt together for deer and but I started bow hunting, you know, I fell in love. I'm a big bow hunter too. I fell in love with bow hunting when I was in middle school and uh man it was a it was a tough road because my dad wasn't a bow hunter and i didn't really have anybody show me the roads to bow hunting like i did turkey hunting and uh it was like took me like three years to even kill a deer with my bow and you know i would get up i would wake up i had it so bad i would wake up in the morning before school and hunt for like 45 minutes before the school bus came you know when the time changed and you could get a you could get an extra hour in the daylight and uh and i would go hunting but i was I was a big bow hunter more so than a turkey hunter when I was growing up in in middle school and in high school and things like that. And I'm still a pretty big bow hunter, but you know I got so much going on now. I kind of got to save all my time and energy to turkey hunt. But uh, I guess bow hunting and and then the turkey hunting thing. I still turkey hunted when I was in when I was in middle school and high school. But it was always you know a lot of my hunting was on my own. Like like I said, bow hunting it was kind of trial and error. Like you know. I just said when I it took me three years to kill a deer with my bow and I don't think I killed a turkey by myself. So I was in, till I was in high school. So it was a lot of trial and error on my own. I didn't really have a lot of people showing me how to do anything before I met Chubb. So it was all just me rambling around out there, just, screw up after screw up <laughs> you know how it is <laughs> oh, yeah. when you're a
0: young hunter yeah well and what a yeah. you know what a blessing it was for you to get hooked up with him and and spend the time oh, we did in man. the woods i mean we
1: oh man yeah i count my lucky stars every day you know that he just that he took me under his wing man it was kind of like it was meant to be or something i don't know it was weird but i do uh feel very blessed to have, you know he's one of the best if not the best turkey hunters in the in the country and to be able to just to, to learn from him is just, it really isn't, but you can't put a price on it.
0: Do you think that without Chubbs, you would have ever had the desire to chase the, the 49 like you did?
1: Oh, there's no way. No, I don't even know where my life would be without Chubbs. I mean, Chubbs pushes me to do all kinds of different stuff, but I mean, he he changed it completely because I wasn't, you know, my family didn't travel or, or anything like that, I didn't hunt out of state, nothing. And then I met Chubbs. And you know, started traveling and fell in love with traveling and, and fell in love with turkey hunting. Just really seeing his passion to turkey hunt. And it just, you know how it is when you're around somebody that's passionate about something, it just rubs off on you. And uh, that's how it was, you know, when I met him and, and saw how he turkey hunted and saw how much he, he loved the bird. And uh, really, you know, it's it's really meeting him changed changed the course of my life, especially this way am. I would have never... I would have never even probably heard about the clam had it not been for him. So just one of those, one of those chance meetings, man, it just changes everything for her.
0: Yeah. And that's an opportunity that you you know didn't squander and you took it by the, took it by the reins and ran with it. And anybody who hasn't watched Chubb's hunt is missing out on entertainment in itself. You can catch him on oh, the Penn yeah, project, a, like you said, and it's a, it's a cool thing to watch.
2: Oh
1: God, he's a crazy one. Yeah, that's for sure.
2: You know, I kind of told Dave that last night, Tanner is, and I told Courtney when she was on the episode with us that, you know, what they do as far as getting out and traveling, same with you, you know. I mean we, we now we've watched you getting out traveling and getting outside of our comfort zone or outside of our state. I mean I mean that that's changed me this year. This first year I went out of state turkey hunting and Yeah. Should've been doing it year I should have done it years ago instead of just staying in one spot here Start in Georgia. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it really,
1: I, it'll really really test two yards a hunter, man. And not even for just turkeys, for deer or anything. Going somewhere where you're not used to hunting them every day. Because, you know, when you're hunting your own turf and you hunt it year after year, you kind of figure out what's going on. But, buddy, when you go into a new place, I mean, it kind of shows what you're made of right off the bat, you know?
2: Right. What's it like growing up in West Virginia hunting? Because we haven't had anybody from West Virginia on.
1: Oh, it's steep, son. You better have your boots <laughs> strapped on tight. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's steep and, uh, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a sleeper state, but we got plenty of big bucks and, and a good population of turkeys and a lot of black bears. And, uh, it's good hunting, man. It really is. and It's just, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's like hunting out west, man. I mean, these hollers are, you lose a couple thousand feet elevation and, and climb back up and then turkey and deer, they live on the side of that stuff. So it's, uh, it's tough hunting. It's steep hunting, but, but it's but it's good hunting if you can do it. Now, if you weigh if you weigh about four hundred pounds and you come from out of state, you know, used to hunting high or somewhere flat, you're gonna be in trouble. You get in here, I promise you that. <laughs> and,
2: and I'm guess I'm guessing by saying all that, uh, you probably do a lot of saddle hunting nowadays.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I broke into the uh, I broke into the saddle there. I guess two years ago. I haven't sat in the stand since.
0: Hey, people have eaten saddle hunting up like uh, with a spoon, and we've looked at them, and they, they just to do me doggone. I'm a gadget king as it is. If I got oh, into God. saddle hunting, I'd have more knots and carabiners oh, yeah. and clips and stuff. I'd weigh 200 more pounds going in the woods.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of gear for it. I, I remember when I got mine, I practiced in the yard the entire summer. I'm talking every evening I climbed. I just put a set of sticks up, put a platform up, and I would set targets out, you know, like 360 degrees around me, and I really practice hard, but I'll tell you what, if you just bought one and and shimmied out in the woods with it, you'd probably be in trouble too. I mean, it ain't something you can just buy and think you're gonna just go out there and, and do it. You need to practice with the thing for sure.
2: What is your setup? How many sticks, and do you take a platform I got time?
1: a, uh, yeah, I got I got four sticks. I got some of the Shakar, just mini sticks, and then uh, I got two different platforms. I got an out on the limb platform and a and a trophy line or a trophy ridge or some trophy something platform that I use. And then, uh, you know, I got a couple of little gadget things that help carry my sticks up with me and uh, a couple of little things to carry my platform up with me and, you know, just on that. But it is a lighter setup, you know, and, it's, and the good thing about it is being able to get in any tree you want to, uh around you know, and, and a leaning tree or anything, you know.
0: Those your cars, Nick and I had the chance to, to hold a set of those in, uh those alabama this sweet, they? yeah they are i mean they're they're light as could be i I run a three uh set of the 30 inch hawk helium sticks and I, I like them a lot and they mm-hmm. work great for me but if i was ever to start looking into getting another set it would probably be a set of those because they are light. Yeah, you almost gotta
1: gotta to, got to sell a kidney to get them Jesus, that's, <laughs> that's
0: right that's right yeah. well that's any of that saddle stuff it's none of it's cheap but it's Seems to be the thing to go to, I mean, for people that are young enough. And, and well, I don't want to say young enough. That's 40, 50, 60-year-old people right. that I see on those saddle pages doing it. Yeah. Are you yeah, high-
1: but you do almost have to be kind of in shape to do it, man. Like, if you're, you, like, around here, maybe not so much in Flatland, but it seems like you have, you have to be semi-kind of athletic to to be able to do it, you know. Right. I don't think a big out-of-shape fella's really going to like the saddle hunting gig.
2: Are are you high, are you packing all that stuff in when you go? Or you does it do you wear it? I don't know that.
1: Yeah, so I usually wear my saddle, and then I just got a little bag that I uh, put my platform and uh, in my sticks. In. So I usually pack in each time. Was having a, man the last two deer season. My time's been so limited. I used to be you know every weekend guy, but I got a little boy now and got another one on the way, and uh, have to save all my. My good time for turkey season, so I don't deer hunt until conditions are like optimal anymore. So right. I, I really got to be picky and choosy about when I get in there.
2: Hey, right, so let's uh, I guess let's go into that journey of that 49. Man, I want to kind of touch base on that. We don't have to hit every state, but um, t- uh, 10 years I mean, if you think about that 10 years and you've already t- taken all 49 of them, dude, that's a that's a good accomplishment. I mean, uh, yeah, it's crazy to
1: think about, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you've been hammering on them quick so. Where did you yeah, kinda where did yeah. you kinda start out at?
1: Yeah, so I started, you know, my first out of state trip was in Alabama obviously and uh and you know, I've said before I really didn't have any intention of doing the slam, you know, I just like traveling to turkey hunting and like I said, I met Chubbs down there in Alabama and uh hunted one year in Alabama and that was my first out of state trip and had a real good time and I came back the next year and uh same thing, you know hunted Alabama again, had a real good trip. Well, Chubbs at that point, I think this was 2013, Chubbs had not started his U.S. plan yet, and he went out and hunted the Black Hills every every spring in May for turkey. And uh, I was getting ready to drive home uh, from Alabama, and he came up to my vehicle. He said, hey, man, if you can get a week off school uh, beginning part of May, he said, I'm going to Black Hills. I'd love to see you come with me. And, you know, I almost just fell out that he even invited me. And I was like, dude, I'll make it happen. I don't care what classes I got to skip. I'm coming. And uh, so I did. I went out and hunted the Black Hills. And, man, I really fell in love with, like, that whole western, western turkey hunting that first trip. And uh, so I hunted that Black Hills that first year. And then at the end of that first, first year that I hunted out there, Chugs had decided he was going to do his U.S. plan. So, you know, he was going to start chasing states, you know, six, eight, ten a year. And, uh, I would really just tag along with him on his Western trip that first, like those first couple years, like 2014 and, and 2015, I would go out West with him when we would hunt two or three States. And I really didn't have, uh, any intentions of doing the slam, uh, even then, you know, and before you knew it, I was like, I don't know. I'd probably had 10 States and I started hunting like some bordering States around West Virginia. I would hunt Kentucky in Ohio, so probably around two thousand fourteen or fifteen I had, you know, close to ten states and and Chubbs uh he kept pushing me. He's like, Man, you need to do you ought to do the slam. He said, You could be the youngest ever to do it. But if you start now, he said, You could finish by the time you're thirty and I was thinking in my head, I'm like, there ain't right, no way, man. And uh so eventually, I think it was probably about the spring of two thousand fifteen, I got real serious about it and that was when I started traveling to 8, 10, 12 states the spring and, and knocking them out. So that's really, you know, the, the quick version of, of how I got started in it. But, um, you know, I had I had a couple of springs where I would hunt 11 or 12 states. And I think the most I ever did in one year was, was 12 or 13 from that point on. So, you know, I did, it, I did it relatively quickly. I'm not sure that was a good thing or a bad thing. But it was, you know, if you think about, you know, I it was not even 10 years ago that I first met Chubb so I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm still relatively new to even turkey hunting you know
0: at what point during the you know the beginning of it did you get involved with Dave
1: uh well so Dave and Kenny actually got involved with each other through turkey calling contest they uh they met each other at a calling contest and that's actually that's that's actually why Chubb started the slam he met he met Dave with Georgia Alabama and And they kind of could tell that they were like-minded individuals in the way they turkey hunted and just the type of person they were. And Chubbs told me, he's like, man, there's this dude, George, he's trying to kill a turkey in every state. And at this point, like, only like six people had done it, you know, when Dave was working towards it. And uh, he's like, man, wouldn't that be cool to that? And Chubbs, you know, Chubbs was was 35 or 40, but Chubbs was such a big turkey hunter. When he decided to do this plan, he already had like 20 states in, and that was just because, you know, he had traveled for a long time before that. So he really had a leg up on, you know, right. starting the thing because he was starting already twenty states deep. But really, Dave was his inspiration. He met Dave, and then uh, I think they started hunting together in like 2014 or 15. They took a couple trips together, and I think I think Dave finished his swim in maybe 16, 2016 or 17. So when you and then f- Chubbs one Chubbs one far behind him in 2018.
2: So when you really first when you first met uh, Chubbs, you really had no idea. the the Penhody Project wasn't even born yet.
1: Oh no, they didn't start yeah. that till. Yeah, they didn't start that till years later. Yeah. Years later. Yeah. And then uh, we started hunting together. I think Dave and Squirrel and I we all got together in Idaho and maybe 2015 or 16. We hunted out there together and, you know, we, it's like we got a you know a little tight knit group of us, man. there's like five or six of us that that you know turkey hunt the same way and and get along real well. So it's a it's a cool little group to be associated with. It really is.
2: Let Let me ask you this, Tanner, because. I've heard Dave say this, and I heard Chubb say this on another podcast did you did you feel like that if you had it to do over again, you'd slow it slow it down and
1: yeah uh you know i' I'm, I'm kinda torn between the two man because i like I like going to a state with like two or three days and and having my back against the wall man that was that was like an adrenaline rush to me to know that I only had just a couple days to do it like I like that feeling of of having to get it done but i'm not sure you know that everybody shares that sentiment but i like i like doing it quick and and having that adrenaline rush and getting to the new state and 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 having your back against the wall to take away from some of it maybe you know because you went so quick but it was it was still fun man to show up at a state with with, with two days or something like that you know that's fun to me
0: Oh, well, Tanner likes to throw the cap away on that bottle when he opens it and drink it all in one night. Oh, God. He ain't, he ain't waiting around yeah, letting he, it sit he, on the shelf. He's
2: a guy that gets off Friday and twists that top and
1: throws it in the fire, <laughs> That's he? right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Drink the whole thing. Might as well.
0: Oh, oh that's awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, now that it's, that it's over, man, I can't say this spring wasn't definitely different. It was weird, you know, not having a schedule. Exactly what I wanted to do, and not having to be here or there to, at a certain date. So, well, it, as, you know, it was definitely different. But I wouldn't trade any of it, man. It was well, it, as, was, it was the it was the ride of my life for sure.
2: As young as you are, and I know you got you know you got kids now, but as young as you are, hell, if you wanted to, you could go do it again. Go do it again.
1: Yeah, I hope one of my boys wants to do it, man. They might have, have a choice. Do it anyway. don't care if they want to
0: he might be waiting a little bit though. Mama might be on him. I got yeah. I got kids at home. If my told to mine I was leaving for that long, she'd be ready to strangle me.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Mine's ready to strangle me every spring, I can promise you that.
2: <laughs>
0: That's the way mine is in the fall.
2: She's ready to choke oh, me. Oh, you up. know how it is. Yeah. yeah, you know how it is. Well, did you yeah. think did you think number forty nine was gonna be an albino?
1: They not still have not sunk in that that happened. Like what are the chances of killing a white turkey? Not only what are the chances of killing a white turkey, but to kill a white turkey on your on your forty ninth state of something that only a handful of people have done, like, man, you can't tell me that there wasn't something I don't know what was involved in it, but that that doesn't just happen, man. I don't know I don't know what it was. But
0: in Hawaii to move he, you'd like
1: to say yeah you'd like to say one in a million but it wasn't even like one in a zillion maybe i mean if, just, if, just if anybody
2: if anybody listening to this has not seen that first episode of 2021 when you guys go in there and hump it up that hill man you take off and, and yeah uh, and uh dave and uh, uh sleazy sit back and wait and yeah. all, all of a sudden you just hear the gunshot it's it's pretty. It's pretty cool. And then you guys take. it Yeah, up.
1: man. People. People ask me about right it. Like, are you sad you don't have the uh, the kill shot on video? But to see their reaction when the gun goes off,
2: uh-huh. man,
1: that's almost better to me than than having that shot on on camera. Like to see how excited they got, and to to see all that. Like when that came out, that was just so cool to me to be able to to be able to see how they reacted to the shot.
2: I would almost go as far as to say, Tanner, you probably hold two records with that bird. Probably the youngest guy to kill the slam, and probably the first guy to take one into a hotel room and hang it up and dry it out with a blow dryer.
1: <laughs> Son, that was a that was a couple. That was about a four-hour-long process. I mean, by the end of it, it was it was brutal. But he was in he was in rough shape, and you know, being a being a turkey taxidermist, I was I wasn't about to freeze him with all that blood on him. So I took that took him into the shower with me and. And, uh, and and rinsed him off of hot water and then hung him up and, and blow-dried him. And I, ha- I had him pristine, but it took about four or five hours.
0: Oh, that sounds like a little slasher movie or something. That's, oh that's got God. to be a mix oh, yeah. for a movie. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all need can to remake Can, remake can you imagine uh,
1: <laughs> the, ha- the housekeepers just knocking on the door and seeing that whole thing?
2: Three, you know three, three grown oh, men in there with a, with a bird strung up oh
1: gosh yeah yeah but you gotta do
0: what you gotta do <laughs> oh gosh that is awesome well and and take us into that a little bit tanner you know and and i guess it's more for people out there that are listening we've had some former tax our current taxidermists on some former episodes that have talked to through it a little mm-hmm. bit but let's say a gentleman flies to to south dakota from out here in the east and or anywhere mm-hmm. in the country and he's killed a bird a color phase or just a bird that he wants to get mounted what is the mm-hmm. prep work that they need to put in to getting that bird prepped the best way to have the best mount done
1: well there's two things you can you can do really you can either freeze them whole or you can skin them and right. freeze them uh and you just fly them back in your luggage or you can you know put a cooler and, and have it as a checked bag when you fly but I've always flew with all mine in my bag, but I, I, I never fly them back home. I always break them down and they don't even have to be fully frozen, you know, cause it's, it's cold under those airplanes. It ain't like you flying for two days. you only flying for five, six hours. They ain't go spoil in five or six hours. So I usually just have mine nice and cool in a cooler and then, and then transfer it over to my suitcase and, uh, and fly with it like that. But we have a, you know, Dave and I did a video on how to, how to skin one if you want to fly with one and, uh, so that's really how you would break one down. And then, other than that, you just get him frozen or keep him in a cooler. And then, when you're ready to roll out, just stick him in your bag and, and, and fly with him. But you obviously want to have them wrapped up in a couple. Uh, I show you on the video, but you know, obviously you want to have them in a couple of trash bags to right. fly with them or to have him frozen. But it's really a simple process.
0: You ever had any? lot people like with you know i'm sure you hadn't carried one on have you or has anybody ever said anything oh about that? son
1: i had a, i had me and chubb had a good trip in texas it's probably been like i don't know four or five years ago and i killed two gobblers and a wild boar and i was like man how am i going to get all this stuff home and the wild boar wasn't very big but i ended up having so much meat and all these capes you know because I, I even I save all my turkeys, you know, just in case somebody needs a cape or I mount a lot of my own turkeys. But anyway, I had to, I had to put one of those wild boar hams in my, uh, in my carry on. And, uh, so I saw that thing, I saw that thing go through the little x-ray machine. I thought, oh no, that's not going to be good. And uh, she motioned for me to come over there. Oh God. And, uh, she put, she, she pulled, she opened up my bag and pulled that thing out and, uh, it was in just, uh, it was just in a garbage bag and it wasn't even fully frozen. It was just cold. And she said, what is this? And I said, well, ma'am, that's a, uh, that's a wild boar leg. And she said, what? And I was like, yeah. She said, well, I could see the bones through it when it went through the x-ray machine. I said, yeah, I don't think it's illegal to fly with one, is it? And she said, nothing I know of. She threw it back in and zipped it up and. <laughs> and I went on my way that oh, was really I usually like to put them in my bag That goes under the plane So I don't have to have that happen But <laughs> sometimes buddy If you've had a good trip you got to get carries over into the carry on sometimes
0: Well we had some guys on From out in Utah That are with uh, Baku E-Box They came to Georgia and hunted And, and Brian had told me about uh, Flying through the gates in Atlanta With a turkey He put the whole turkey In his carry on bag and they, Oh no like, Come here and Atlanta's off. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever flew through Atlanta. It's oh, awful God, anyway. He, was, yeah,
1: it's terrible.
0: He said they called him over and they said, uh, "What have you got in this bag right here?" It was in a trash <laughs> bag. He said, "Well, it's a turkey. Uh, it's a whole turkey." And they said, "It's not Thanksgiving." You know what are you doing with it? And they, he had to explain the whole situation, <laughs> and they they weren't going to let him fly with it. And he's like, "It's a turkey." I mean, I don't know. And they couldn't find, like you said, anything that was against the law, but they gave him hell in Atlanta about it. I mean, oh yeah, time. they
1: don't. They don't like it a lot, but like, you know, a lot of those airports like Rapid City, South Dakota, like they see hunters coming in and out there all the time. Right. So some of those places are more lenient than others for whatever reason. But what was the uh,
0: what was the hardest hunt? Now I've I've read a few of them. Do you think in your mind of the whole forty nine, what was the toughest one for you?
3: Uh the the
1: two toughest were uh were probably Louisiana and in Illinois, to be honest with you, in Illinois you wouldn't think of it being a being a tough place to kill turkeys most of the time. But it was it was rough, I man. Man, I was I was fortunate in my whole journey. I never, you know, as weird as it is to say, I never went to the same place twice. You know, I never had to go back anywhere for for a second year, and that's not because I'm good. That's because a lot of that was luck. <laughs> but uh Louisiana, man, I had a I had a two week trip planned, and I was going to try and do four or five states in, in uh in two weeks and it took me like eight days to kill one in Louisiana it was just a combination of weather and just not being a whole lot of turkeys in Louisiana and, and finally, you know, I was several times I was about to about to, you know, put in the white tail and, and say, I'll catch you next year in Louisiana I need to go do some more research and, and regroup. But I had found these turkeys that that I was messing with and they were like four miles from where I was parking my truck. So it, was a, it was a bear to get in there to where they were living at. But I called the first time I found them. It took me four days to even find a turkey in Louisiana. And once I found these turkeys, um, I called them up the first day. But I was in a burn, and uh, they got to like 60, 70-ish and, and knew they should be able to see a hen and, and kind of boogered off. So that made it even extra tough that I called them in prior and, and, uh, and hadn't been able to kill them. So and and the combination of that and them living so far from the gate, it was almost like you know I would just have to stay in there all day and mess with them. And finally, on like day seven, it was I mean it was raining hard like pouring if you know how it rains you know in the south of Louisiana. And you know, I was sitting on the on the edge of that hotel bed, and I thought, man, I'm just I'm just gonna have to move on. And and I got to thinking back where these turkeys were living out there. Was, there was a big green planted road back there, and there was all kinds of turkey droppings and i was like man with this rain i bet they're going to be hanging out in that road and I, I i hiked back there those four miles and it was a torrential downpour but sure enough when i got all the way back there those those two gobblers were out in that at that in that green patch in that rain and about a three hour crawl later i was finally able to get in shotgun range of them and kill one of them but it was it was a teetotal disaster from, from start to finish but it was it was probably one of the most rewarding. When that I still remember when that gun went off, man. The uh, the excitement to to get that one to get that one done, especially in the conditions and and all that. It was it was a special special state for me. And yeah, Illinois was along the same lines. Only it was it was day four of that one. But did I was you after some turkeys? I also had.
2: Did you mount all 49 of these?
1: No, no, I wish I would. I probably got, I probably got 20, I probably got 20 couple states mounted in here, but, and I probably got another 10 states in the freezer. So I'm probably missing about 20 couple states.
0: That would be an awesome thing that, you know, you've completed the slam, the states that you don't have a bird from go back later on and maybe, and mount, yeah. Maybe take one of you, take one of your kids along the way when you get, they get older and Hey, dad completed (laughs) half this by God, it's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they could do their they, yeah, could we, do their we slam. Get mounted. yeah, they could do their slam, and you they mount the other half, and that'd be I guarantee you'd probably be if there's sixteen that's done it, there probably ain't another one that's mounted that many,
1: oh, there ain't no way, yeah, it's, yeah, any excuse i can I can come up with to get them and me turkey hunting i'll I'll try it, I can promise you that was most of these on
2: public land,
1: yeah, I'd say eighty percent of it, you know, and the others that weren't public land was
2: was either you
1: know of a friend or somebody I knew or a lot of it was beating on doors, just depending on what part of the country I was at. If that was something that I felt you know, different you know, like the Northeast usually have pretty good luck and out West usually have pretty good luck door knocking, but you really can't do that in the South and around here where I live at. So that it was right. a combination of all those things. But most of the, most of it was, uh, most of it was public you know, for the most part, but did have an occasional landowner that would give me permission or Somebody I knew along the way.
0: Do you think, Tanner, that it would have been different, let's say 2018 to 2028 trying to complete the slam as far as the way it would be documented with the social media and craze the way it is today and everything, do you think it would have been different for you or harder?
1: I think it would have been much harder just because of the volume of hunters that are doing it, traveling these days. When I first got serious about it in probably 2014 or 2015. Nobody was really doing it, you know. And right. and you told somebody you were doing it and they're like, what? But in the last three or four years, you know, everybody's a super slammer now. But I'm kind of glad to have it behind me in that aspect because it's kind of lost its luster a little bit because there's so many tag on people doing it. Like, you know, there ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with everybody trying to do it and, and that kind of stuff. But I'm just happy that I got done with it before you know the the craze really got going
0: but what's different hearing you know guys like you and dave and i'm sure if we got chubbs on and her hear him talk about it there's a different kind of achievement level to it because of the passion and the drive that you have to hunt turkeys whereas we've heard stories of folks that have completed the slam they didn't even care about the bird itself i mean they just wanted to do it for acknowledgement and completing something and it's just, I guess it's kind of like killing a deer in every you know state that you could, or killing you know completing a, a grand slam for whitetails or whatever. A lot of people are just doing it for the accolade and not for the you know the adventure of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'd say you know I can't put a number on what percentage you know of people that that are doing it that are that are like that, but I would imagine there's there's not a whole lot of them that are that are just doing it for the love of the bird and the love of the hunt you know and uh that's that's really a shame but the day and age we live in
0: man. oh it is and that's something you know when nick and i go back through episodes we've always tried to find the root of where people get their passion from and for you it was derived just out of you know sheer want to go and hunt turkey somewhere as now they're looking oh i can kill a turkey in 49 states and get my name on a list of people that's not that long but it's just a different i mean a different mentality people have now they want to kill the biggest buck in a state they're going to do everything they can to try to do it they want to kill a turkey in 49 yeah. states they want to get a million follows on a TikTok video they made about their wife eating glitter in her cereal in the morning or something they just want that yeah. 15 minutes of acknowledgement and then they don't care anything about it anymore and it's it's a sad yeah. way to look at it but that's the shame of the world that we're in now and guys like you that carry it and you tell the story in a very positive manner in any way you've told it, and I've listened to you tell it parts of it in different aspects, and it's just neat to hear somebody that really has that passion. Just like with Dave, I mean, he he tells it in a positive manner, and it's a love for the game. It ain't it ain't about the end; it's about the journey as you went.
1: Yeah, man, the journey was the, the whole thing about it, and, and I hope you know anybody that's doing it, you know, sees that. And you know, even though I did it quick, you know. I didn't. I didn't have my head down the whole time, man. I, you know, I soaked it in, even though I was, I was moving quick, you know, through it. I, I didn't forget why I was doing it, and I, you know, I hope people now that are doing it don't forget either. But,
0: did your dad think you yeah. was crazy when you told him you wanted to do it, or did he kind of get behind you and support you?
1: Well, uh, he supports me anything I want to do. But right, I man. He, he still thinks I'm crazy. You know, <laughs> man, I can't you know he's like he'll tell people he's like i don't even know where he gets it from you know (laughs) because you know i'm just i'm just eat up with it more so than he is but you know i'm kind of like that in anything i do whether it's taxidermy or sports or whatever i've never been like naturally good at anything like related to hunting or sports or anything like that but i'll tell you what i i will practice and i will keep going until i get good at it (laughs) that's a good thing about sports and turkey hunting like if you practice a lot you, you may not even be good at it. You just get decent at it. And that's the boat I'm in with anything in my life. So I, I was never <laughs> even naturally good at taxidermy. I just did it so much that I became decent at it. And that's, that's kind of the same with turkey hunting or, or anything I've done. I just, I don't have any quid in me. And that's, that'll help you in a lot of facets of your life.
2: Very much did, so. <laughs> did you start that on your own, Tanner? Or did, the taxidermy? What do you mean? Just, uh, Taxi- just, the taxiderm- oh, the taxidermy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I just, knew it would so I went to school to be a, a school teacher and I still teach school but uh I knew it would be a, a good second job for a school teacher and I knew it would pay for a lot of hunting related things. So I just, you know, kinda of started doing it on the side just to have some extra cash and now it's turned into <laughs> something more than that, you know, just a full time gig almost but it's uh yeah, I, I started it just uh just to have some money to pay for my hunting trip and it, you know, it blew up every year since then so
0: how many de- do you yeah. do deer turkey or just anything that somebody wants no yeah sense yeah I, I, done. I ma-
1: yeah i mainly do uh deer and, and bear and turkeys but you know i started off doing more deer than anything i think year before last we took in like 110 deer and when i say we i just mean me <laughs> right <laughs> and uh and uh this past fall we took in 90 but uh man i took in 100 turkeys to mount this spring so i don't know how many deer i'm be taking in this fall
2: no wonder you couldn't uh, get on here (laughs) oh
1: my god yeah it's uh it's crazy there's a lot of early mornings out here and a lot of late nights with my with my little one i try to i try to work when he's sleeping you know so i get out here extra early in the morning i'm out here late at night i don't want to miss anything with him but i got so much to do it's hard to find time
2: and you're and you're a teacher Yeah, yeah. and I'm actually – I teach
1: middle school math, actually, sixth grade math.
2: Oh, God. I bet that's a a room full of emotion.
1: Oh, God. Well, they don't mess with me too much. You got to really – you got to know how to handle middle schoolers. I always make it a point to kick over a trash can or to throw something across the room on, like, day one or two, and then they do not mess with you. I promise you, if you're a middle school teacher and you listen to this, flip out on somebody day one or day two that won't mess with you the rest of the year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that is great. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, you got you gotta to set the tone early, kick over a trash can or, or do something crazy. But anyway, I, I'm also in the process of getting certified to drive school bus now because I think if I drive school bus, uh, you know, I still have insurance and retirement, but I'll have all day during the middle of the day to work in my shop. So I'm, I'm thinking about going that route right now. But,
2: then you get more time now to turkey it. hunt.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know if I get more time to turkey hunt, but I would get the middle of the day because I think you're done with your bus run by like eight thirty. Then you have to be back till three, so I could hunt from like eight thirty. Yeah, I can wow.
3: see it now.
2: Have you? Oh yeah. Have you ran the, <laughs> Have you run this business plan by Chubs yet? Uh, no, no I,
3: and, think and, I have
1: talked to. Well, it,
2: yeah. I want to know what Chubs' reaction is oh, God. when you tell him you want to drive a school bus.
1: Oh yeah, he's You'll probably think I'm crazy. For I can sure. see
0: it now. He's hung up on a gobbler. It's 255. Oh, and he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to be a little late to that one, kids. Y'all going to have to hold out.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. You're going to have to call your parents to pick you up today.
3: Oh, but man.
1: man. It will actually be better because, you know, being a school teacher, I, I hunt before school before I go teach. But, man, the way our season comes, our turkeys don't fly down to about, you know, at the beginning part of the season, they're hitting the ground about 630, 640. And I got to teach at 730, so I only get like, you know, twenty-five, thirty minutes after fly down to mess with them, but you know, by by the time our season gets towards the end, they're hitting the ground, you know, a little bit earlier, you know, about six o'clock. But that'd be way better to hunt them from eight thirty to one, one o'clock than it would be to hunt them from six o'clock to seven o'clock, which is what I do in the mornings now.
2: Um, Oops. what what is what is it like hunting with chubs out there? I mean, is it a? Con- uh, are, are you constantly just smile all smiles because he's always oh, goofing around?
1: Oh yeah, he's not. Uh, he's never serious, man. He's really not. What you see on the Pinoti Project is, is what he is full time. I mean, he's just he's just always goofing around and just saying random stuff. You're like, man, how is he even what is he even going through his mind right now? <laughs> but he uh, he's always like that. But when the, when the turkey gobbles though, he's He's, he's all business man I can tell you right now if uh if that man hears one there's a strong possibility that turkey has lived his last day yeah I mean I've wanted with him enough to know that if he hears one there's a good chance that turkey is done for I'll tell you that that's just how good he is
2: I get I get tickled man watching him and Dave and dave you know some of the older ones when Dave's trying to tell him to be quiet that the bird's about to be there and he and he's just he's just talking normal voice and yeah, I, I get tickled, yeah. I get tickled at that. But. Oh yeah, they give him heck on
1: the internet for pitches in and all that stuff, and he is said to be, but you know he knows when he can move and when he can't move. He's not he's not just doing that to to do it. He he knows what he's doing. I promise you that.
2: I get tickled something once when he shoots and misses, and he just comes back up over the hill. All right, let's go. Done. Uh, <laughs> oh God,
1: he's. I've seen him miss in turkey. i I've seen that Benelli go flying down through the woods. But he, he's safety first. He unloads it and then he tosses it. You know he's. He has the courtesy to unload it. But oh, he's gotten better. You know, when I first started hunting with him, he really threw some fits after some misses. But in the last couple of years he's gotten a lot more he's gotten a lot more docile after the misses than he was when he was about my age when I first met him.
2: Hey, you, so, he, you mentioned yeah. something about internet. Going back to that bird that you killed being an albino. Did you did you catch a lot of stuff off the internet? Oh, my, about-
1: oh my God. As soon as I squeezed the trigger on that thing I thought this is this is going to be good and bad because, you know, I knew a lot of people were going to see that turkey being the, being the last one. But, man, it, it took, that turkey took a lot of heat for being, being a tame turkey. And, man, being a turkey taxon, I'll just tell you this. The bone structure of a tame turkey and the bone structure of a wild turkey are completely different. They're almost completely different animals. A tame turkey, got real fat feet, real short legs real fat waddles i mean just a completely different animal and uh a wild turkey you know he's, he's got real long legs and he's real lean and you know i'm taking apart about huh, i don't know how many turkeys but a lot more than most people and i know the difference between a between a tame and a wild turkey and i can promise you that turkey was 100% wild even on the video you can see where he's living at you know he doesn't Somebody didn't didn't let him off the, the Purdue truck up there. I can promise you that.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, us Sweet. Us being from Georgia, um, did you kill that did you kill that the the Georgia bird on public or private?
1: Yeah, I killed it on I killed it on public. Did you? And uh yeah, yeah. It was, was it? uh actually the only time I hunted Georgia.
2: Okay. Now yeah,
1: did- but it was up there up there in the Georgia Mountains. It wasn't wasn't any flatland georgia was almost like hunting west virginia
2: this is where we live we live uh we live about 50 60 miles north of atlanta so we're right here at the foothills oh Oh, okay yeah Yeah. we're not we're not far from kind of like where dave and them grew up at over here in Ackworth and stuff so oh
3: yeah yeah that's
1: a beautiful part of the country man yeah
2: yeah it's it's getting a little uh it's getting a little crowded over here all these people moving out here from california but i mean we still like it (laughs) because of family and stuff and it's home but yeah i'm sure it ain't no west virginia
1: yeah, West Virginia. You know, we're losing our population, man. It's crazy. I saw that we're like one of the only. I don't know. There's only a couple of states that are losing residents, and we're one of them. But did man, you, it's kind did, of a sad thing.
0: Did you ever do any ginseng hunting when you was a kid growing up in <laughs> West Virginia? You remember that show that was out, old hunting sang all the time. I yeah. always ask folks if I ever, if you ever found any.
1: Oh man, people kill each other every ginseng up here. I don't want no parts of that stuff. I guarantee you, it's <laughs> and,
0: and you know when I was a kid, yellow root and ginseng was mm-hmm. something they would come to my my grandma's house. I won't ever forget folks to just ride up and say, "Hey y'all, well, we know y'all on some property around here. Can we go hunt?" You know, in hell they wasn't no season. I, if they was, I didn't know what it was, and I always asked my grandma. You know. What do they go look for that for? She said, I don't know, but I've heard they'll fight over it. So I'll just let them go hunt it if they want to. She said, I don't care nothing yeah. about it. So,
1: yeah, there's people up there, man. Their whole income comes from, comes from ginseng, you know, and I can't remember what the season dates are on it, but there's people get busted all the time for digging it early and whatever else you can get in trouble for with ginseng. It's, it's big business up here, but that, you know, that, that stuff grows and really. Deep nasty stuff, about like where the turkeys and the deer live. So it's not kind of like you can just, you know, go strolling out and find it. It's, it's tough to find it, from what I understand it is.
0: Well, that's what I've always heard. It's hard to find. I've never been able to find it. And I've, I've just talked to folks that are in that area that spend time in the woods and they get out. And, and he's right when he talks about people killing each other over it. The buddy, they go, I mean, if you go into somebody's area and it's bad business for you, I mean, they will cut you, because it's expensive. I mean, hell, a pound of it was like, and that takes a lot of dried ginseng to make a pound, because it's just a root, but it's $500, $600 a pound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, last I heard it was like $500, $600 for a dried pound of it. I them. mean, they ain't, no how much crazy. We,
2: they ain't no telling how much we've walked over oh, no. hunting or coon hunting. You do any coon hunting up there?
1: You no, know, I did when I was younger, but uh nothing <laughs> yeah, around here. The big thing around here is bear hunting. We have bear hunting with dogs, yeah. and that's like, that's like what, that's people's major thing in the part of West Virginia I'm at, is, is bear hunting with those dogs. I mean, it's like, first morning or hound season is like Christmas morning, you see them going down the road with the dog boxes, and it's, uh, and they get fights over that kind of stuff too, and that's, that's not my thing, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a bear, I like, I like to hunt bear, you know, on the grounds, or with my bow, but I don't like hunting them with dogs, but and people up here really take it serious.
2: Have you guys had any um I know a lot of a lot of states <laughs> nowadays are um doing a lot of turkey changes on the laws have Has West Virginia done anything?
1: <laughs> they actually just gave us an extra week this year. They only used to only be a four week season. they actually gave us another week, and uh that was really the only change that that I've seen a few years ago. Everybody used to complain because it didn't come in until the last week of April. So, a couple of years ago, they moved it to come up the third week of April, which I wish they wouldn't have done that, but that's really the only changes I've seen in my lifetime about turkeys. Uh, honestly
2: how many birds y'all get?
1: We get two birds two gotcha. birds season
2: is that for a non resident yeah.
1: too yep non resident you don't even have to buy a uh you even have to buy a turkey tag is a weird thing. you just buy your non resident license and it comes with two turkey tags, so you can deer hunt with it or or whatever it's so, one of those states where you don't have to buy a pack.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Do you do you get out of do you get out of state deer hunting much? Yeah, I used
1: to. Uh, I used to go to Ohio because I can be to a couple spots in Ohio in about three hours, and I've hunted Kentucky before and Missouri, uh, but most of the time I just stay close to home now. Like I said, I save save all my time for for turkey season. But I used to I used to hunt Ohio pretty hard. Just like when you cross that river. <laughs> things change in the deer world from West Virginia to Ohio for whatever reason. but I, uh, I used to run up there quite a bit and I haven't been up there for probably three or four years. My boy was born right in the middle of the rut. So, And uh, his birthday. Well, you planned that uh, one out good for being a turkey hunter. (laughs) Oh, I know. The second one's on his way, right? Right at the same time too. So I always think it'll take a while, and it never does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh me, well um, Tanner, we've got a little segment we call "Shooting You Straight." You're gonna hear a little music here. It's where we ask a listener to send in a question, and we want you to be involved in this. So you'll hear a little music playing here, and uh, then we'll we'll go right into it. Okay. This week's Shooting You Straight segment is brought to you by Williamson Brothers Barbecue of Canton.
1: Stop in off exit 16A of Highway 575 or call
0: 770-345-9067 for all of your barbecue and catering needs. Well, Watson's not here with us tonight, Tanner. That's the one that's talking. Uh, That's our other partner in crime. But uh, Nick's going to kick it off with this question. And, Nick, what you got? Tanner, give me your top five favorite States to turkey
2: hunt?
1: Oh, can be tough. Uh, Top five favorite states to turkey hunt. Okay. Um, Anywhere out west, man, I like Idaho, New Mexico. That was two that come to mind really quickly. Idaho, New Mexico, of course, West Virginia. One of my favorite places, not the favorite place to hunt. Uh, I go to Texas every year, not that Texas. Texas kind of holds just a special place in my heart for, for hunting, just because kind of like a almost like a family trip. Me and Chubb take down there every year, so that would probably be one. I guess that leaves me with one. Uh, probably Iowa, just because of the sheer volume of pokey So if I had to pick five just off the top of my head, I think that would be it.
2: Gotcha. I'm gonna throw one more in there. Favorite yeah. favorite uh, species of bird to kill uh, or to hunt? I should say hunt, I shouldn't say kill.
1: Man, I know a lot of people when they are asked this question, they always say, you know, Eastern, but I like mountaineering. Man, out west, that's my that's my favorite. Once it seems like once you start hunting them things, they just get in your blood and and uh you know, I'm not talking about one that lives on a private ranch. I'm talking about a public land, mountaineering. You know, it just doesn't get any better than that for me.
2: Me and my buddy went out my dad went out for the first time this year. That was our first destination was South Dakota Black Hills. And man, we we we'll you quick, won't we? Dude, we were there for three days and got our butts handed to us. We we were we were yeah. probably averaging close to ten miles a day. And man, when you yeah. just thought you got on that bird, man, the next time he gobbled, that son of a gun would be two miles away.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how quick they can move. It's, I, it's, it's unreal.
2: It's I learned so much in just a short time we was there. But I'm looking forward to going back yeah. out west too. I, I love that. I love that. Like almost, I call it a pen raised gobble sound. I oh
1: man that high pitched gobble, yeah. yeah, that's awesome yeah. a lot of people don't like
2: it. I love it yeah I, I i actually do like it, you know, and I, I know a lot of people <laughs> like Dave said that he'd rather hunt the Osceolas, so um i haven't yeah. been, I haven't ventured down there yet it's uh I don't know yet they
1: swamp man they're they're not for me <laughs> I've, it, hunted, it, I've hunted Florida once in my life but yeah, like, it seems it's, like I it's I want to go, go back
2: it seems like it's a very hard battle nowadays, just from watching the Pen Hodian. Seems like there's always people that he runs into, and people's always kind of got a chip on their shoulder down there. Yeah, and I know it's very
1: hard to just go.
2: It's just a small area, you know, so it's not.
3: Yeah.
1: So it'd be very tough. You almost have to have a a spot that that you know about, kind of like those boys do, you know, that they that they go to every year. Other than that, it'd be extremely difficult.
2: That's right well tanner man as we're wrapping this thing up i got a couple of questions i'm going to ask you real quick that I always end the show in um first off if you had one piece of advice that you would share a turkey with a turkey hunter what would that piece of advice be Sorry,
3: just
1: to just to be gritty man just don't take no for an answer just, you know if, if something's not working or you know just just don't give up for me man that's that's brought me more success than anything. You know, if I hear a turkey, see gobbles, you know, two miles away and it's 11 o'clock and hot out, you know, and some people say, ah, I'm not going after him, man. Go. You just never know what's going to happen. Just keep swinging the bat so you can't swing it anymore. It's, you know, that's what, that's what kills turkeys, at least for me, is just effort.
2: That's right. Yeah. All right, I got last, last question for me, uh, Tanner. What are you most thankful for?
1: what am I most thankful for? Behind my, behind my family, man. I'm just, you know, I'm thankful for my family, but I'm thankful that, that, that hunters, that, that that you meet hunters and, and, and the great thing about hunting is, is, is the people you meet. And and I've, I've met all my, my lifelong friends through hunting and, and I'm just so thankful for the, the opportunities I've had and, and, just uh, the places I've seen and and, and the people I've met, and I'm I'm thankful for all the opportunities that that traveling and hunting has brought me, and just for the people I've met. Can't imagine not having having that in my life now.
2: Yeah, I think thanks for sharing that answer, man. Because a lot of people, that's kind of why we started this podcast. We wanted people to get back to and be able to share what they uh, feel each day, you know, going in the woods. Because <laughs> like we had like we had Dave on last night. We talked about man, we used to go camping back when we were younger, and and that's kind of it's kind of a lost thing nowadays and people miss that but just to be able to bring that yeah. up and talk about those old days and talk about those old times man that's that's kind of why we wanted to do this so thanks yeah for sh- man that's the good stuff for sure. that's right thanks for thanks for sharing all this stuff man thanks for coming on with us um i've really enjoyed this episode tanner we'll we'll be dropping this thing here shortly so you'll be able to listen back to yeah. us
1: Yeah, I appreciate you boys having me on, man. I'm
0: sorry it took so long. Hey, it's it's fine. Um, As much stuff as you got going on, Tanner, there's no apology necessary. I mean, it's a, it's a, and and one thing that's exciting for us to get you on is how charismatic and enthusiastic you are about what you do, not only in the turkey hunting, but your passion for, you know, you can tell you're passionate about your kids when you're doing your teaching and your, your taxidermy work as well. And so. We definitely appreciate that enthusiasm and excitement when, when somebody comes on, they're kind of dull, dragging yep. it out. You know, it's like, ah, we're going to have to stress this thing out hard. And you you make it real yeah. easy on us. you <laughs> like long winded like we are. That's right.
1: Yeah, I told you. Yeah, I can talk, man. <laughs> I, I get going on something. It's hard to, hard to quit, especially when I'm talking about turkey hunting or something like this. You know, I can just keep talking.
2: Tell, tell us a good, tell us a good, uh, tall tale real quick about Chubbs or Dave or Drew or somebody. We got we got Dave oh, to tell God. we got Dave to tell one on Drew last night. Oh my night. God. <laughs> so you might you might as well tell one on one of them boys. Oh man,
1: let me think of a good one on Chubbs. <laughs> let me let me think here. There's probably
2: so many on Chubbs.
1: Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking, man. We've had we've had so many probably one of the funniest things that, that's happened to us is one one of the times we started Started turkey hunting together. It was and and Chubbs, he's 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 almost like turkey hunting with a woman. I mean, he's he's a finicky little thing. He likes everything perfect, you know. And
3: uh, oh god, I man, hope he we, listens we, to this.
1: Oh yeah, me too. I hope he does. And we haven't been hunting together very long, and we got drawn on this draw hunt in Mississippi. And I was going down to Alabama to meet Chubbs, and he's like, "Man, you need to get you a good bike." He said, "We're gonna we're gonna bike into this place." And he said, "I got a big mountain bike all set up and he said i got he had all these holders on it for his gun his best and stuff and dude i just went to walmart like the day before but it's this, like this mountain bike that i could ride through or whatever and he was making fun of me like the whole way there like really that's the bike you got I'm, like, yeah, I'm not gonna go drop a thousand dollars on a mountain bike that i'm using for one hunt so anyway he was he was he was making fun of me the whole the whole way down there and Sure enough, dude, it's like three o'clock in the morning, first day, and we're mountain biking into this spot. And uh, I hear this puff of air from behind me. I was in front, and I hear Chubb, I hear Chubb start cussing, all kinds of stuff. And his tire had went flat on his bike, and, uh, and it was just like a slow leak on it. So, so he rode that thing on the frame the whole way in and out of there, and I rode behind him, and I laughed. So hard the whole way because he was riding that on that bike tire on the frame and it was just you know, he had gave me so much crap about it, it was it was, it was very funny. Little I can tell back. you about ten more of
2: those. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, gosh. that's
2: the good stuff, man. Yeah.
1: yeah, I got some I I should post that picture on social media. You know, if you've watched much of the pen Hody, you know anytime Chubs gets real frazzled, his hair gets crazy, what hair he has left and uh I got a picture riding behind him with that flat Flat mountain bike tire and his hair sticking up like in the wind as he's riding. It's so funny. I look at it still to this day and laugh
2: at
0: him.
1: Oh man, yeah, that's that was, funny. That was a good time there. Yeah.
0: Well, if you ever pass through Georgia, Tanner, and need a place to crash, you holler at us and we'll uh, we'll put yeah, I you appreciate up. it. We'll pile up. Yeah, there. you
1: boys ever ever feel like climbing some mountains? You do likewise.
0: We hit we hit Eastern Tennessee. They pretty steep there. Uh, North oh Eastern yeah, Tennessee, yeah. You, but, you can handle that. You
1: can handle this. Well, it.
0: hey, I've squirrel hunted all over them hills up there in, in uh, Claiborne County. So I'll I'll come on over to, to to West Virginia one of these days for a visit.
1: Oh, you a squirrel hunter?
0: Yeah, yeah. We got squirrel like dogs. squirrel
1: like squirrel dogs. Yeah, yeah. My oh, dad. Man, there's a there's a guy that I teach school with and he uh he trains and breeds squirrel dogs and dude he's good at it and i would never done it till like a year ago he invited me to do it man that's fun That's yep. a lot of fun
0: yeah my dad's had squirrel dogs uh fast and mountain Curs um since i was that's probably what he has and that's what he's got a mountain curve he uh what's his name by chance it's adam loudon I don't know if he's adam Loudon. Chuck, loudon's his dad yeah i hunted yeah, I against those guys down. when i was a kid yeah i hunted against no them yep my my cousin danny uh was was uh one of the chairman on the original mountain Curb breeders associations and adam and chuck now you talk you talk about names in the squirrel dog hunting world them boys right there have been in it for a long time
1: dude i feel privileged to have hunted with that guy like you know i didn't he he was always real curious about my turkey hunting because he's passionate about Squirrel dogs, hunting like I am turkey hunting. That's and I went with him for the first time a couple years ago. Man, it was it was a crazy experience. But that's a small world, if you know those, those boys. Yeah, he's the he's the band teacher at the middle school I teach at.
0: You you tell him you just mentioned D board last name D board when you talk to him uh, next, and and he'll know he'll know our name. My cousins and and my dad and everybody we've been in squirrel dogs for. For 30 years, I mean, and, and those guys there, they're, they're the legit. I mean, I'll, that's coming sure. from somebody who's been with a lot of good squirrel hunters, and those guys right there are, are legit.
1: I knew it, man. You know, I don't know anything about it, but just the way that, that he that he trains them and he hunts out there, I knew he had to be. And he always talks about going to all these competitions and stuff. I knew he had to be top-of-the-line guy, you know, squirrel hunting. I couldn't understand, like, when he first took me, you know, i have squirrel hunted a lot, but always oh, did it from the ground and you know, if a squirrel sees you, he's out of there. Right. And so I was like, Adam, I got a question, man. I don't understand. Like I understand the the dog trees the squirrel. But why does he not run away? Like every time I walk up to a squirrel and he's out of there, he's like, I don't know, dude, it's just something about the bark. It just freezes him up there. And I was I was thinking in my head, I was like, Yeah, right. And sure enough, buddy, when that dog starts barking, that squirrel this sets up there, I'm like,
0: Man, that's crazy. Yeah, and they will run some. I mean, they'll get timbered out on you, but those dogs they're you know, they're trained to look up and bark up. And they'll see it, and a yeah. good dog will timber that squirrel and put it to put it to stop. I mean, unless it's like January, February when we usually go to Tennessee and try to squirrel hunt and they're wildest bucks. I mean, they're going through the trees. You better get on your feet and get on your heels, clicking quick because they're really? going to be on the move. Yeah, late season they just go with their holes and nests and everything else. But yeah, that could be a whole other episode. <laughs> I got to quit. You get me fired up on oh, talking yeah. squirrel dogs. <laughs> no doubt, man. I'm interested in that
1: kind of stuff just because it was, you know, it was a fun time. But he. He must have some good dogs, because I can tell you, buddy, every squirrel we found, they just that thing just went up in the tree and froze. And, you know, we were taking videos and talking and moving around, trying to get better shots at it and all kinds of stuff.
0: Well, Adam and Chuck, they're they are world-renowned squirrel hunters, and you tell—you can tell them I said so for sure. That's,
1: that's crazy. I'll have to have to text him this evening and tell him that. I kind of got him into turkey hunting, man. I took him – we went a bunch before school this year, and, and we actually got him his two turkeys – Uh. In the spring this year, and he's eat up with it now. So he's made a turkey hunter out of him just from just from seeing what I've done and just talking to him about it. So that's pretty cool.
2: I know I said three questions ago. It's going to be my last question. But have you <laughs> <laughs> have you started competition calling any? No,
1: no, I I doubt I'll get into it. I've uh, I, I've started getting into competition Taxidermy with my with my turkeys, but that's that's about it. I think you, know, okay. you have to, just have to spend so much time with that with the calling aspect of it. I've just never got into it, but uh, you know. Whereas a lot of those boys like Dave and Chubbs, their their passion outside of, of turkey hunting is the turkey calling. Mine's mine's turkey taxidermy. Right. It seems like you know. It seems like all turkey hunters, man, they're either into the calling or patterning their gun or, or some other facet of it. So. For mine it just happens to be taxidermy,
2: yeah Are you gonna be up at uh yep. n w t f this year
1: oh yeah, that's where the, that's where the white one's going, man, that's the one I'm gonna compete with, but i am not gonna share any pictures of it until the until the competition, but you see a white one up there, you know where it came from, okay
2: okay well yeah. we'll yeah. be look- we'll be looking yeah. for you up there man we're gonna we'll try to
0: journey up there so, i I'll, I'll tell you yeah, I, gotta, I, I gotta say one more funny thing about because I forgot this, so <laughs> The, the Mountain State Kennels, which is Adam and Chuck's kennel name. Yeah. Mountain State Apache. My buddy Shane owned that. Shane Stevenson owned that dog, and I hunted with that dog before Mark bought him in, in Mississippi. And I had a dog out of him named Jag that was a – that's just, it's a small world right there, buddy. I'll tell you, that is small circles right there because – those guys are they're legit. I hope. Oh man, that's that's crazy. I just I'm sitting here baffled with that. When you said that name, I was like, because they're. I mean, to Whoa. me, they're some of the, they're some of the higher ranked guys in the squirrel dog community. They, but Chuck's been doing it for so long. I mean, I can remember back to the old squirrel dog central before facebook it was squirrel dog central and squirrel haters.net that was two websites you could go on forums and talk smack and i remember those guys being on that's just saying i'm gonna have to leash him i'm gonna <laughs> have to leash him up,
2: Got me fired he, up. Thought, he thought all we was gonna be no, talking about is turkey hunting on here and he was all depressed and down and out <laughs> Yeah, oh god that got
1: mentioned me mentioned squirrel and he
2: perked up yeah. this time there he's running up inside the wall right now <laughs> where's my where crack corn at i'm getting out of here uh, <laughs> oh maybe we we'll t- on his finger now hey <laughs> thanks for coming on man hey congratulations on the on the new baby coming right. soon yep. yeah i
1: appreciate it man yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so uh, i'll
2: hit you i'll hit you back up when the episode drops man it might be a week or so so
0: yeah, boys, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good weekend and a good evening. Oh, right. you do the same Thanks, thing, Tanner. Tanner. We'll talk to you. Yep.
2: Yep.
0: All right. See. All right, man. Everybody, Tanner Burns, the youngest United States slam on turkeys. You got that right? Ever. Yes. And I forgot to ask him what it felt like to knock Dave off that platform because Dave was actually the one that was the youngest. Okay. I didn't and know then, that. And then. He was the next youngest, or, okay. So Dave did it. He was thirty-one, and, and Tanner comes in, and knocks him off his throne with a number with the age of thirty. So he's always going to be somebody to fall in behind you. God, I, dude, I tell you, that blows my mind right there. <laughs> we got to go. I We're going to be talking about the, squirrels all night. Well, I mean, this that that loud name is is yeah. something in the squirrel hunting community that I and you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. But for I mean, I've I've hunted with the dogs that he owns that this guy knows, and we've never met him before, and. But you talk about a joy to get on the phone and talk to, and yeah. somebody that appreciates what they do, and it's uh it's something I'm glad it waited as long as it did because it built up the anticipation for us, and uh, Tanner definitely lived up to the to the name. I That's mean.
2: right. Anybody listen to this episode, don't forget um, August twentieth, twentieth, twenty first, twenty second. G O N Outdoor Blast, Emerson, Georgia come see us
0: yep we'll be there with the southeast wildlife innovations guys right in the front booth and that that event's actually sponsored by our last episode that dropped the uh the million dollar buck challenge yep. and we'll be there looks like we're gonna have some guests coming into town for that uh levi wilson said he might go to drop in and then matt jennings from the game said he's gonna come over and visit and hey there might be some special episodes come out of that show and we can't we can't wait to get over there and actually get in front of people and, and you know, put some names to some faces, all this support we've had out there. So if you're you there what, in the area, come see us.
2: You know what's sad? What's that? Looking at our lineup for the next month and a half, that might be our last turkey guest. Is that sad?
0: <laughs> no well, I'll tell you what now, this ain't no <laughs> lie. I, I you people say talk about turkey hunting and, and I'll be honest with you, I'll be the first to say when you Thank mention you. a guest that comes on about, you know, Oh my God, another guy I got (laughs) to talk turkeys about. But it's always to me when I hear the passion that gets. You know, and I've talked to you for years about it. You yeah. and I've had these conversations. I don't mind listening to somebody that's passionate about it. I don't want to sit there and talk tactics. Yeah. Tell me the backstory behind it. I don't need to know if he's using a Yelp Or a, a squawk <laughs> box, or whatever it is he's choking. Grandpa's on. old wingbone. Yeah, I got one. Of <laughs> oh man, that was that will probably go down in history as the greatest thing ever you've ever said to me. You're over there trying to learn how to use a trumpet from a seven-time Grand National champion. Alex is over here sucking on a dang dry out wing bond. <laughs> oh i love it man well it was a great episode and tanner thanks for coming on you know we'll, we'll be in touch with you and if you're ever around in georgia come see us and uh, i can't promise we'll hunt any scene, but we'll have some fun <laughs> for sure so for everybody here at talk about it outdoors y'all come back and be with us again next time and remember smile as you go and don't forget mount the memories